All right, cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Of course. When he sent it, I was like, absolutely. This sounds great. Let's talk about yeah. fitness, spirituality, business, like all my favorite things. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. We met, what, at a party at uh, Arts Fest back at Penn State, right? I could not even tell you which party we met at. Penn State is such a blur to me. <laughs> yeah, so I think we only met at the one Arts Fest party. And then we followed each other on Instagram. But I don't yeah. think I've seen you really since. Because you left Penn State not long after, right? I did, I did, yeah. I pretty much, um, it was the middle of my sophomore year. Um, it was winter break. I went on something called Birthright, which is any Jewish person can basically fly to Israel for free on a free trip. And I went on that trip during winter break and I never went home. <laughs> and I'm still here. That is, that's crazy. Well, one I'm, I'm Jewish. I don't know if I mentioned that. Oh, have you gone on birthright? No, but I've been bar mitzvahed. Uh, so oh, you definitely, you can go though. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you free. know anyone that's uh, like that organizes birthright or what organization to go through, I would definitely uh, look to do that. Um, what is a good one to go through? I went with Shorashim and I would recommend that one because I had an amazing trip. Um, and they do the trips where basically you go on a trip with a group of Americans, but you also, once you get to Israel, you're combined with some soldiers. Um, and that's why I fell in love with Israel because I had so much fun with the soldiers and I felt such connection to them, um, that I was like, Hmm, maybe, maybe there's something special about this place here. <laughs> maybe I should stay. Yeah. That's, that's such a radical decision though. Honestly, it was very impulsive. And I mean, I like to kind of switch the words impulsive and intuition, <laughs> because I'm really happy that I that I came here, my life completely did like, a huge turn. Um, but at the same time, it was a huge risk, like I was leaving my degree with really no plans. Yeah, that takes some serious balls. Yeah, <laughs> my parents are like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, what was that conversation like? Um, so basically when I was at Penn State, I was pretty much not really happy. Like I was kind of just going through the motions. A lot of people from my high school went to Penn State. That was like a really typical route to take. And I was like going through the motions, not really knowing what I wanted to do. I was studying landscape architecture. Um, not super passionate about it uh, and partying a lot just really like no purpose um so my parents supported the decision of me not going back to penn state um but with the israel thing they were kind of just like what do you mean like at, at first it was like absolutely not and then like they realized i was being serious and they were like okay you need to have some type of a plan so i did an internship there for three months um but i think we all knew that i was staying there longer than three months and the internship, was it in landscape architecture? It was in graphic design, which it made sense because I, during my like landscape architecture degree, we did a lot of graphic design. So it was kind of like the first thing that I found. And I was like, cool, that's good enough. Like as long as I can go. Yeah, no, that's awesome. My my sister did birthright. Yeah. And yeah, she started dating one of the soldiers. Wow. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I also did. Did you? Okay. <laughs> Like after I after I came back, like I actually did go home for a little bit, um, kind of like got my bearings together. I was home for two months and then I did the move. And then when I got back, I, I started dating. Yeah. Mm. The security guard of our trip. <laughs> it sounds like a great way to meet women is just to become an Israeli soldier on these tours. <laughs> or, uh, it definitely gives you like a leg up. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. And then after that internship, I know you're your own boss now you're an entrepreneur what are you doing now yeah so i have a lot going on um i'm still in like a very exploratory phase um it's basically what i call like artpreneur um because i'm an artist and an entrepreneur i like the business aspect but also i really am an artist um and that's where i want to make that combination um i have a business that is primarily clients from the States. I don't know if you've ever been to a paint your own pottery studio, like color me mine. Okay. You go in and you paint, like you pick out a mug or something, you paint it and they like put it in the fire and then 
you get it back and it's like yours. I wish I had, I think I maybe have something here. Um, but I sell digital content to these business owners. So it's business to business um, mm. each month. So I have a subscription with these businesses. I create like a new project idea for them to use in their studios and for their customers to come in and see something and say, wow, I want to paint that. And then they already have a video tutorial and a guide on how to do it. Um, super, super specific. It was because I was freelancing for someone here. And it was working really well for her business. So I decided to make it bigger. Um, so that's the business that I run. But I'm also a tattoo artist. I'm also about to start a podcast for artists. Um, a lot of different things. What else am I doing? I don't know. Really anything I can get my hands on, like social media management, strategy, murals. I do it all. <laughs> I respect that. For me, it's I'm kind of in an exploratory phase as well. So yeah. I'm curious about your opinion. I personally, I, like I do a lot of real estate stuff, social media, fitness, um, but I feel like I get drawn too many different ways at times and that leads to stress. Mm, so, for sure. So would you say that the artpreneur is like your main thing? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that artpreneur is the umbrella for all of these things because they're all creative and they're all like business oriented. Um and it's taken me a really long time to settle into the fact that I don't necessarily have like, this is what I do when someone asks me, like, what do you do for a living? Um, because I have like a portfolio career, which means like I do a lot of different things that add up to be my career. Um, not necessarily like I can't say I do this one role. Um, and Sometimes even now I'm like, I have so much going on. Everyone has like a job. I don't know what I'm doing still. I need to figure it out. But it's like, I'm also doing a ton of different things that I'm passionate about meeting people along the way that I know are definitely really important for this journey. Um, and just in general, like I'm enjoying myself while I figure it out. So that's, that's really what matters for me. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing because I've always had the mindset of, I need to figure it out before I can be happy. But the fact yeah. that it's like flipped, you need to enjoy the process. It's something for that's sure. off to swallow. And I think that's where like spirituality takes a, a big part in this kind of mindset is the fact that you literally might not know until you're 35 that, and that's a totally legitimate thing to happen. People, it happens all the time. You could be 50 and still not know exactly what you love to do. Um, but you have to try different things and definitely that whole thing what you said about like the whole once i'm once i get there i'll be happy like you're never gonna get there so you'll never be happy um so the fact that you already know to flip it is is huge yeah it, it can still be difficult to maintain that for sure but yes. i'm curious yeah no 100 i'm curious your spirituality i see it on your page and i'm big into it as well i'm not as outspoken because I feel like for guys, it's, you know, a little taboo. Yeah. Um, but what are you doing on a day-to-day -day basis for spirituality? So it's been a really interesting journey. The past, like, six months, like, not the past two months, but before that, um, I was definitely going through a bit of a rough patch where those voices in my head about what are you doing with your life, like, all of these questions, some failures with business, um, like, added up to the point where it was, like, just overwhelming and I was kind of at a little bit of a, a, a lull like a, a rock bottom where I was just like I don't know and and hitting that point and now I've had this refreshed kind of energy um mainly from the use of psilocybin psychedelics um really? for a very very long time I would say a year I was researching um and doing my due diligence with what could this do? Could it help me? I know it's helped a lot of people with like depression and anxiety. Um, and I finally felt comfortable enough um, to do it in ceremony. And that was about a month ago. And it was my first time doing mushrooms. Um, and I had a really, really amazing experience that led me to have this refreshed kind of energy. And along with that, um, before I did that, I also started practicing Nichiren Buddhism, which is chanting in the morning and the evening. Okay. So psilocybin. It's a lot. <laughs> no, that's, that's, it's really funny because I literally was just talking to someone about 
psilocybin and that process because the growth that I've yeah. had has been all natural, but I've heard a lot about, you know, mushrooms and MDMA. Yeah, but, I think it can be used as a tool, but if you don't like have the highest form of respect for these things, um, it really won't be the, the same experience as if you really understand what the journey is supposed to bring you. I mean, really have respect for these. They are drugs. Um, I know tons of people who use them recreationally, and that's not really what I'm into. Um, and when they're used for a tool for, you know, I guess, elevating your spirituality, they're a very, very strong tool. <laughs> um, but it's the way that you go into it, like your, your intention. I feel like that's the underlying theme to everything is your intention. Yeah. But for those that don't know, what is psilocybin and how is it used for healing? Okay, so psilocybin is the uh, psychedelic basically effect in mushrooms. Um, you can eat mushrooms. You can, I think, also like brew them into a tea. Um, and there's different ways of using it. Um, I also did a month of microdosing mushrooms, which is taking a very, very, very small dose um, every third day for a month. And I like full blown did it spreadsheet, like every single day, even the days I wasn't taking it, like rating what my different categories were, like productivity, creativity, depressive thoughts, like all of these different things that I wanted to see improvement in. And over the month, once I had that data, I was like, it was numbers. I could actually see if it worked or not. Um, and it was, it worked. Uh, I, I don't know if that's necessarily placebo or not, but either way, um, it worked. And microdosing, basically, you take so little that you shouldn't even really feel anything. Um, but when you are taking a larger dose, um, I definitely would suggest that set and setting are a huge thing. The mindset that you come in with and also the setting, like the physical setting that you're taking them in. Um, I felt very comfortable to do it in ceremony with a lot of experienced friends. We did an intention ceremony in the beginning, journaling in the beginning, what we wanted to get out of it. Um, and then we were like a support system for each other during. Um, and afterwards, it also took me a few days to like debrief everything that I went through, <laughs> um, journaling and just downloading all of that information, those new, new brain connections because when you do take a full dose of um, psilocybin it actually creates neurogenesis which is new pathways in your brain new ways of thinking um, and that's why it can help a lot of people with depression because it actually can to some extent rewire um, some of your thought patterns that's some fascinating stuff because yeah, it's really crazy. I, like especially in college i'm not sure if it's a big university thing or just colleges in general, but I felt the same way. I didn't have a path and that led to a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I've been on medications, sertraline, like Zoloft. Mm. Um, sertraline? Yeah. yeah. I also took that in college. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. So sertraline. Nobody ever knows what that is, but <laughs> that's yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So sertraline, it's, uh, it's good. It helps a ton. Yeah, for but sure. At the same time, like I've been exploring these alternate routes less conventional so it's i feel like for me it's a matter of finding a good group of people and i know some people do it in ceremony or in therapy so it's yeah. interesting to hear your well, therapy is opening up which is a really amazing thing um clinics are opening up all around the states um a lot of them already on the west coast are are doing ketamine treatments which ketamine also has uh, psilocybin in it um, but it's a much shorter experience. I looked into that also because I was actually trying to do it in a clinical trial first because I felt the most comfortable with that. But as I kind of learned about it more, I was like, okay, it'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, that's, and you feel that the, are you still taking sertraline? Yes. I'm doing uh, 200 milligrams a day. Wow. I was doing 25 milligrams. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm a bit overdosing right now because yeah. um, I started out at 50. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm like 100. As you take it, you build tolerance to it. So even though you're taking 200, it still probably has the effects of 50. 
Yeah. Yeah, probably. I've been on it for quite some time though. So recently I've been feeling a lot more anxious. So maybe I think it's caffeine, but Mm -hmm. I, I need to start exploring alternative routes, maybe decrease the milligrams. Yeah, slowly, slowly. I did cold turkey and my doctor was not happy with me. <laughs> See, that's it, I really like suffered for pretty much two weeks. I, I knew anytime I, I missed, like even by accident, taking my sertraline, I was super irritable. Um, mm-hmm. But when I decided I wasn't taking it anymore, um, I just decided that day and threw out the, the prescription and I didn't have another one. And well... It was a difficult uh, two weeks, but then I decided like, it's just not for me. Um, I realized when I stopped taking it, it felt like the past, I was on it for about a year, felt very, very fuzzy for me Mm. uh, in the sense of I was okay with going through the motions. Um, I lost my sense of drive a little bit. Like my anxiety went from too high to a little bit too low, where I was going with the flow, letting the again slide. Um, but to each their own. I know people on it that it's you know it's the best thing for them. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Are you just all natural at this point, besides the psilocybin? Yeah. Um, I mean, I usually like that. I only did that one ceremony and I did the month of microdosing a few months ago. But other than that, I don't take anything daily. Um, So I don't drink caffeine. I I try and stay away from all of those things. (laughs) And alcohol? No alcohol either. Wow. Maybe I'll have a sip here and there, but it's very strange if I'm drinking alcohol. See, yeah. going from like a Penn State type of lifestyle to this is a complete 180. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I'm happy about it though. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Penn State, I was going out like three, four times a week, um, getting drunk and not just, you know, buzzed, drunk, drunk. Um, yeah. I can't imagine the things it did to my body, but also my mental health. I didn't feel great the next day. I know alcohol is a big impact on, my mental well-being the day after um even if i'll have i you know now it only takes like half a beer for me to get pretty tipsy because my tolerance is so low um but the day after i also don't feel great and the same with weed i was smoking a lot a lot of weed um and now i smoke maybe like once every two weeks if that um well, honestly, it sounds like it's just great for your mental health in general because I was in a yeah. very similar boat. Uh, in college, you don't drink to be sociable. You drink to get fucked up. Yeah. You want to not remember. Day. That's the goal of the night. Yeah, and exactly. And the next day, like, especially if, if you have anxiety, like the anxiety hangovers are painful. Yeah. 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 So just getting away from that. And honestly, I think weed has its positive and negative effects. Cause I went through a phase too in college of everyday smoking weed. Yeah. Um, but that's not healthy. I don't think. At least no, no, not on an every, I mean, I don't think weed necessarily is a, like, I don't think it's a horrible thing, even if you do it every day. Um, but it depends on the person. Like when I smoke weed, it's at the very end of my night. Um, maybe if I'm going to watch a movie or just have like a chill night with friends, Um, but if I smoked weed in the morning, like it doesn't matter that it's the morning, my day is over. Like I'm the most unproductive person ever, but I know people that smoke and they get shit done. Um, I hear that like Wiz Khalifa and Joe Rogan talk about it. And I'm the same way as you. I cannot do a thing. Yeah, that's it. And it, the fog stays with me the whole day, even though I'm not high after what, like an hour and a half, two hours, it really doesn't matter. I, I've ruined my day (laughs) yeah and it's good too because when you're not drinking as much you're not smoking you're saving a ton of money yeah yeah which is another big thing it's true yeah Yeah. i mean in college you don't have an income but you're spending all this money on drinks bar it's it was interesting to see from an outside perspective you leaving and then your journey throughout because I'm sure there were times where I wish I could have done the same thing because yeah. college does have a very bad effect on your mental health. If you let it. For sure. For sure. And it, it, I think a college like Penn state where it's such a bubble, 
you know, it's not a college in a city where there's things other than the college. It is Penn State. Like, you are in State College. That's the town. Everyone there either, you know, goes to Penn State or is alum or whatever it is, but they're all in that same bubble. Um, and it's hard to break outside that bubble. Like, I don't think I could have ever met kind of the community that I have here there. Um, because to switch your energy where you when you're in a place that's so overwhelming with its own energy is it's really difficult um it's really hard to meet people that I actually felt like I had a true connection with um I would say it actually took me until moving away to realize wow I should have hung out with her more from class like I really actually liked her but she wasn't in sororities so I she didn't go to the same parties I went to um but yeah you just get swept away by it a little bit that was the same way. I mean, Greek life at Penn State was so prevalent that that was a regular thought process. Like if yeah. I met someone in class who wasn't in the same fraternity or Greek life scene, I would have the same thoughts. And yeah, yeah it's really crazy. <laughs> maybe that could have been your best friend. Yeah, um, like it's it's actually crazy. But I would say the perspective in hindsight is twenty twenty. Like things are so different now. Like even me moving yeah. to a different city. Yeah. I mean, also, I wanted to ask about that. You up in you're in Charleston, right? Yes, Charleston, South wow. Carolina. Nice. What what made the move? A couple of things. Uh, I don't like cold weather. Good which, for you. Neither yeah, do I. <laughs> which didn't make sense while I went to Penn State. But being from New Jersey, going to Penn State, I couldn't do the cold weather anymore. Uh, yeah. I did one year of the corporate nine to five. Mm-hmm. One year to the day pretty much. And I couldn't do it. Yeah. So I needed a radical change. And here I am. Radical changes are honestly, the best way to just jumpstart growth. <laughs> oh, my God. And it all stems from the book over there. Can't hurt me by David Goggins. Mm. I mean, have you read that? No, but I've heard of it. Okay. Very into yeah. all these books. <laughs> that book, that was what the kind of supercharged everything. And yeah. I saw your video of you in the cold tub. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ice yeah. bath. Yeah, the ice bath. Yeah. So I, I didn't know if you read the book because that's what he's always preaching about is like, oh, no. <laughs> you do these crazy physical things and ice yeah. baths are painful. Honestly, I disagree, but I think it's just me. <laughs> you like them? I love them. <laughs> wow. Um, I... Like the first time that I did it, I thought it was painful, but it was actually just a new sensation of like a numbing very quickly that I just never felt before. And I, I like associated it with pain. Um, but even my first ice bath, I stayed in for like four minutes and then I just did another one the other week and I was like way more calm about it because I already did it. And I stayed in for like six minutes, just like chilling, having conversation, like water up to my neck. Wow. Well, you're a different breed. That's crazy. Yeah. I honestly, I, I think like I it. think it's not painful for me because I don't have inflammation in my body. Hmm. Because I eat like super, super clean, treat my body really, really well. I'm also like young. Like I did it with friends that are a bit older than me and mm -hmm. they were dying. Like their hands and feet hurt so badly. And I was like, but. <laughs> no, it's, I never thought about it like that because when I take a cold plunge or an ice bath or a cold shower, like I'm in pain. But yeah. I, don't, I don't stretch nearly enough. So that's something I need to work on is stretching and reducing inflammation. Yeah. Also, diet is just a huge thing for inflammation. Like all animal products lead to a lot of inflammation. So are you vegan? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, good, good for you. But I don't like what does your day to day diet look like? It's so funny when people ask that because, well, I guess I get it because in America, being vegan is like, uh, I guess, a big deal in a, in a way. Um, it's not really a normal diet. But in Israel, Tel Aviv is actually the capital of veganism. Wow. So every single restaurant has vegan options. Um, I would probably say 80% of my friends are vegan or at least vegetarian. Uh, um, it's, it's really normal here to be vegan. Um, and you get really creative. And when you have, you know, meals with friends, you learn their recipes. But 
I think I eat better as a vegan, like more creative and fun meals than I did not as a vegan. Cause like my go-to would be like chicken and broccoli and rice, you know, like easy things. But as a vegan, you have to get a little creative. So we make lots of fun, like, you know, Asian dishes, lots of fun. I don't know, just everything. Well, I respect that because I try to go vegan for all of three days I had three days days and I had tofu and I was like, yep, I'm not going to be a vegan anymore. There's tricks. There's definitely tricks to it. Um, I think it was a blessing that during COVID, I mean, my cooking skills went from like not really any to like lots because you just had so much time. Like you might as well spend an hour in the kitchen making a meal um, because it was like a fun thing to do. So I definitely learned how to cook a lot better. Um, but it's an investment to learn how to creatively make meals. Um, I think also over time, your palate changes a little bit because the reason originally why I went vegan was for health reasons. I was having a horrible time, um, with IBS. I was in the hospital a few times actually. Um, and they told me like, cut out all of these things. You can't eat this. You can't eat that. And I was like, okay, okay. And then I was talking to a bunch of friends and they were like, honestly, just go vegan. I I know it's helped so many people that have IBS. Just try it. It'll be fine. And last January was the month that I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I was actually in Costa Rica that month. So I was lucky I had so much fresh fruits and vegetables and it was easy to do it there. Um, But... Yeah, over time, your palate does change. Like the idea of eating non-vegan things like yogurt or something that I used to love, like a Greek yogurt with nuts, that would be a great snack for me. I have like no desire to eat that. Um, Your body adjusts and it tells you what it wants. That's incredibly interesting because in February of this year, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Ah, okay. So similar in that way. Yep. So, you know, um, low FODMAP diet, all of this. Yeah. So my diet's changed a lot, but I couldn't cut out meat. And um, yeah. but I will say that four months after the fact, cutting out the garbage in my diet, my small intestines had so much less inflammation that it mm-hmm. became like a mild case of Crohn's disease. Yeah. So it's, if I were to go vegan, I would need to get super creative. I would give you all of my recipes. <laughs> I'd, I'd guide you through it if you want it. Because I even though I went vegan for the like uh, health benefits, once I kind of got into that community, I got really involved with the animal rights side of it. Mm. Um, and now it's not necessarily for the health benefits. Now it's really for the animal rights side of it. Um, so <laughs> even if I wanted to, for health reasons, to eat, a yogurt or something like I just can't do it anymore (laughs) I know too much about the industries yikes yeah I feel bad because there's a a pound of ground turkey behind me but (laughs) but at the same time like I'm sorry I shouldn't eat it in front of you and I'm like no it's fine like as long as you can say what you're eating and it's fine um that's a good thing because that's why vegans get a bad rap is because yeah no no reach you know The best way that I like to put it is that I don't hate meat eaters. I hate eating meat, if that makes sense. I don't hate the people doing it. I don't like the actual idea of meat being eaten or animal products for that sense. And it's just a matter of like educating yourself because it's not out there for you to see in your day to day. You have to really dig to find a lot of the real stuff about these industries. Um, And then once you do it, like naturally over time, guilt kind of turns into like, okay, maybe I won't eat this anymore. (laughs) Like my last thing to give up was like chocolate because I love chocolate. Um, But then I really dove into the, like the milk industry and I was like, "Mm." I'd eat a chocolate and I'd be like, you know, upset about it. Like I felt bad. And then eventually it wasn't worth it anymore. Um, but slowly, I never tell people to go, go vegan or, um, I'm always there for like, if you want to learn, I'm happy to tell things. Um, but there's no reason to push because it it just gets like backlash. 
Yeah, I think that's a great perspective to have because that's why people who are vegan get a bad rap. That's why people yeah. who do CrossFit get a bad rap because yeah. they always talk about doing CrossFit. But yep. my question for you would be, like, I'm doing these physical things. Like, I have a marathon in a few weeks. I do triathlons. Mm-hmm. And um, I would need a supplement if I'm not eating meat. So what would the best yeah. way to do that be? Um, probably beans and soy. Um yeah, that's like your main source of protein, but you can get, you can do a lot of like powder supplements too and shakes. Um, but yeah, probably pea protein. That, I mean, that's my favorite, but there's other types of protein and then tofu or seitan, those types of um, things. And also beans, beans have tons, lentils and beans. I don't like them, actually. It's really hard for me to eat them, but uh-huh. uh there's ways like, there's ways to do it where you don't even taste them if you don't like beans. My aunt actually made me black bean brownies and she didn't tell me there were beans in them because she was like, you need to eat beans. I'm like, no, no, I don't like them. I don't like them. And she made me these brownies, didn't tell me what was in it. I ate them, told her, like, I need the recipe. It was delicious. Wow. That's usually not the story you hear when someone sneaks you a brownie and it's not what you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. No, something awful. else. Something I'm else. Not- I like beans, but it's yeah. it'll be a transition. So I need to get some oh, recipes. I would not recommend doing it before a marathon when you have your nutrition routine down. You don't want to change anything. You know, when when the time comes, like just the best thing you can do is reduce. You know, if you eat meat like three or four times a week, drop down to three and then drop down to two, like at your own pace, whatever feels comfortable. Yeah, so I have a bad habit of completely going cold turkey yeah it doesn't work (laughs) yeah it's not sustainable it's what i'm learning no no it's much better to just slowly reduce and along the way you're finding things that you like to to you know instead of meat you'll eat this instead of going cold turkey and then not knowing like oh what am i going to eat tonight it's like slowly figure out the things that you like and then you start kind of liking those more than the meat Um, yeah which actually is a good segue, the nutrition into my question for you, fitness. What kind of role does that play? And what are you doing? Like, do you have training plans or day to day? I think literally a month, pretty much today, I started a new training program. It's called Move With Us. It's actually an app. Um, I'm literally like saying it to everyone that I see because it honestly is that good. Um, I've never been consistent with working out really like I always did something but it was never like a training program or like with goals or this or that it was just like go to the gym do whatever I feel like come home do yoga like whatever like dilly dallying and in that kind of sense like I would always stop realize like oh wow I haven't gone to the gym in like you know a week two weeks a month maybe even like what am I doing I need to go again so this app is like First of all, it like gives you all the exercises. It is like a weight training program. Um, so between that and surfing when I can, there's not always waves here. So mm. it's hit or miss. <laughs> um, and yeah, like walks in nature, yoga. That's good but stuff it- right there. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned surfing because yeah. Charleston, we're on the coast here. And uh, there are some decent surf spots, but a part of me is afraid to drown because that's like a a fear a big fear of mine so i mean i'm always like, preaching about getting outside your comfort zone so I yeah but like it. the ocean can fuck you up <laughs> oh my god People so i would suggest definitely that. going in with someone who already knows how to surf or even like investing in like three lessons just to like know the the do's and don'ts because there are some like things that you really do need to know um about rip currents about like what to do if like all these different things that you just should know um but then after that you'll be okay like as long as you're not going out in like stormy weather yeah eh, we'll consider it and then i'm curious are you planning on staying in israel long term or ever planning on coming back to the states Ah, oh, that's a great question um so even though i've been in israel for three years i have not been here consistently because I've traveled a lot. Um, 
And going forward, it looks like I'm going to be in Israel most of this year. Um, I am in the summer going to be in Hawaii doing a workaway program. Uh, so basically, do you know what workaway is? No, but Hawaii's sick, so I'm jealous. Yeah, uh, workaway is basically where you live on someone's property in exchange for work that you do for them. So they give you like minimal food and also living, but that living can literally be a tent. Like it's, it doesn't need to be something uh, legitimate. So you have to do your research. But um, yeah, I found like an eco community, eco living farm that I want to work on. I want to work like with the land. I want to work with the farm animals and help build. Um, yeah. Free spirit. That is, that's amazing. That's good for you. How did you come across this? Workaway is a big thing. I mean, they have them in every single country around the world. Um, my older sister actually pre-COVID was going to do like a, a trip around the world. Um, and she was going to go to all these different Workaway programs. But it got canceled because of COVID. And recently I saw a friend that also went to Penn State. She's in Hawaii doing the same thing. And I asked her, like, what are you, what are you up to? Like, what are you doing there? And yeah. she told me she, she was doing that. And I was like cool i'll be there in the summer <laughs> and are you going obviously you know the one friend there but are you going alone are you going with friends um i'm gonna go with my partner Eden. um we've been together for two years now um he's israeli american like he grew up in the states but his parents are israeli uh he's been here for 12 years though and we'll go together for some of it but i think some of it i also want to do alone um I feel like a solo travel is on the horizon for me. Like it's super important, I think, to travel just by yourself, create who you are each day. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, there's no real like plan. I just know I want to do like this one workaway program and then probably come back to the States and go to Burning Man. And go to Burning Man? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it seems like listening to you, it seems like you wouldn't be a huge believer in three and five year plans. Is that right? Wouldn't be or would be? You would not be. You more freestyle, live in the moment type of vibe. You know, it's really interesting because I love to plan things, but then I love to also ditch my plans to do what I want in the moment. So... I have an idea of what I want to do, but honestly, I feel like I'm growing so much in this time period and I'm exploring so much and I'm trying not to be too attached to anything. Um, so I don't necessarily feel like I can create a five year program at this point in my life because I don't know, I can decide tomorrow that I just want to be a tattoo artist from now on, or, you know, maybe this podcast that I start turns into an art community that turns into something. I'm not really sure yet. And I'm, I'm really okay with that. Um, trying not to be too attached to the ideas that I have, because they can also hold you back in some ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a great point. Detachment is something I'm working on because I get very. Yeah. Like I'm doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I, it's hard. So, yeah, it's very difficult, but I'm curious, like for me, money's a big thing, uh, which mm. is why I went into real estate what role does money play in your life in terms of like your motivation drive type of thing? Yeah. So for a while I kept saying like, all right, I'm opening this business to have enough money to support my passions. Um, and I still believe in that uh, role in the sense of you can make money to support your passions. Cause I, I don't know if I really believe in the fact of like your passions need to be your job for you to be happy. Um, which is kind of like an opposite. A lot of people say the opposite, like do what you're passionate about. Yeah, um, and they work a nine to five, but go on. Yeah, but uh, like I'm okay with my passions being something that are my passions right now because I felt like when I was really pushing being an artist and selling art pieces, it became like not fun anymore. It became not really my passion. It, like the money aspect sucked that out of it a little bit. So I... I pretty much have found a way to make passive income so that I can do passions. Um, but recently what's really been motivating me to like get rich is 
is the fact that people with money can do really cool things like preserve land or open animal um, sanctuaries or help people in need. Um, like I definitely believe that I am going to be very successful, but not in the sense of like a huge lifestyle because I really want to make a lot of money to be another person in that realm that has a lot of money, but for the good of the collective, not for the good of just me. Um, and that's been my main motivator lately is like, fuck it. Like doors open up when you make money and you can, you can make real change. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. It's, it's fine on the balance because it's when it's for the greater good, like for the community, it's a yeah. positive thing. It doesn't feel like work, but when it's for no. you building your own wealth, that's when it could become a little bit tiring. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely felt that like before I kind of had this realization, I actually was literally on YouTube being like passive income 2022, like all these different things, like searching videos um, yeah. just to like expand, like keep, learning about things and I came across this woman I think the headline it was definitely clickbait it was like I made a million dollars overnight da, 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 da. but I've seen her before and I was like where do I know you from and I knew her from Instagram I like briefly followed her then I didn't but she explained her relationship with money over the past like 30 years um and she said one of the things she said was people with money or she said something about the properties that she owned. And she was like, yeah, they all have X amount of acres that's preserved land. And like, how cool when you have money, you can do that. And I was like, yeah, you can, like you can, yeah. you can really, honestly, it's hard to do things like that if you don't have money. It's kind of like a slap in the face. Like people don't want to care so much about money, but it's so important because it's not about being a billionaire. It's about, what you can do with that money, what you can contribute. Yeah. And I'm curious, what was the passive income source, like owning land? No, the, the business that I, for her, for me. For you. So the business that I own, that's basically the subscription. I do all of the work in the beginning of the year. And then every month I get uh, money from the subscription. So mm -hmm. I basically only have to work like two maximum three months to put together everything. And then the rest of the year, I'm just like reaping the benefits from it. That's good stuff right there. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not a great success yet, but it's on its way. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, even if you can monetize it a little bit in the early stages, yeah. it's a big success. Yeah. And it wasn't that much of an investment. So, I mean, the website was an investment, but for like starting a business, it's not that much. Like I'll be able to make back what I invested pretty quickly. So Nice. And have you ever considered the NFTs? Oh, NFTs. Honestly, I've like gone down a hole with them, like a rabbit hole of just like YouTube videos and this and that. And I still am just like, eh, I don't get it fully. <laughs> yeah. It's when you mentioned graphic design and everything you're doing, the first thing I thought was NFTs. NFTs. I know. And I feel like if I had someone that I really trusted to like guide me on how to do it, I could. And I feel like I'm going to like punch myself later on for not doing it earlier. Yeah. Maybe I will ask some people. <laughs> See, you're in an interesting position though, because you're creative. Like you can make yeah. the art. Someone like me, I can sell, but I can't make the art. So like yeah. all you need to do is go to like OpenSea and create the art. I don't know a ton about it yet, but my motto is just have skin in the game. Like with cryptocurrency, for example. Yeah. Yeah. That pointed them out like my best investment of all time because I just threw some money into it. Yeah, exactly. Um, crypto, I understand. F NFTs, I'm like, I'm still not fully getting the point of it. I understand that you own the like the original, but I don't know. It's hard for me to like really believe in it yet. Yeah. Plus you have a lot going on. So it's tough to dedicate more time to research and create. Definitely. Um, I do feel like I can definitely like any of my digital work, I can throw up on there anyways. Like it, it does no harm. Um, but I do feel like it's already getting so, I guess, like flooded. Like I feel like I, I also have an art kind of community in Tel Aviv that I started. And a lot of them mostly all of them have NFTs and like they're not getting anything out of it. So I'm just kind of like, 
eh, do you already need to have a name for yourself before you do this or not sure? Yeah, well, it's tough because there are influencers like Logan Paul, for example, who made like what, $6 million selling these NFTs. Yeah. So I feel like I remember you responded to one of my Instagrams about building a community. Yeah. And once you have that influence in that community, it's easy to do stuff like that. For sure. A community that large, for sure. Um, but I'm also not sure how to, like, I really need to dive deeper into the sense because a lot of people lately have been saying, like, no, you can build community through NFTs. Like, people can get badges for, like, doing certain things. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll, maybe I'll look. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know a ton about NFTs yet, but I would recommend it, especially with the community. Is it just like-minded individuals is it within the art space fitness so the community that i started in tel aviv it's called artist tlv but like the artist and t are combined so artist mm -hmm. lv <laughs> really um and it is like-minded individual artists um i actually kept it super niche to just like painters muralists really like people who make physical art with their hands um illustrators were also included like digital artists but not like writers and musicians and photographers. Like I kept that kind of out. Um, and I just decided like that I wanted to meet more people that were doing what I was doing. Maybe they could give me advice on this path. And we ended up helping each other a lot. It's kind of like in the background a little bit now because of all like when COVID started, it basically... Like we weren't able to meet up for so long, um, but I am starting with my friend who did a very similar thing to me, but in Japan, we're starting a podcast on the 27th of December for artists and we're including all artists. So writers, musicians, photographers. Um, wow. Yeah. And we're just like, it's super casual, like no stress. Uh, we don't really know where it's going, but we know we love having these conversations. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. I always get fascinated with people who, when they're starting their podcast, they like, there's a certain date for me. I just bought a microphone and a camera and said, all right, let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, he just sent me a message yesterday being like, you want to start the 27th? I was like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like it's also, we're going to actually be doing it on Instagram live. Um, okay. Because it's, it's a great way to like draw whoever you're interviewing their audience as well on um with you um so i don't know there's there's no like really long-term plan for that we just know we want to talk to other artists and see what's up with them and if they have any advice for other artists <laughs> that's it honestly it's i think podcasts are the future because making videos takes so much time but if you can yeah. like have a podcast like this and you could take out great clips you save sure. so much time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, it's really, like, authentic. And, yeah, I mean, just authentic. Like, we're not, like, bullshitting or editing or doing that. Like, we're just having a conversation. Like, anyone else in the audience could be talking to you right now, too. And hopefully some of the things we say are either interesting or helpful. Um, but it's yeah. just... Why? Before... Before we wrap up, I want to ask you one thing because before I started making content, I saw you doing it and it was out of my comfort zone because yeah. you know, what do people think type of thing. Yeah. What was that journey like getting started for you when you started? Content. Um, I really always liked creating content. Not so much video. Like still on video when I record things, I'm super weird, especially if it's like a real camera. <laughs> like yeah. it takes me a long time. Um but yeah, I think a big influence is probably my partner. He's a videographer slash filmmaker. Um, and he's super comfortable. Like he has a big Instagram following and he's shown me like different tips and tricks. And for me, it was always like, I loved creating Instagram stories, but more for like the visual effect, more for like putting the text in a certain way, like kind of the graphic designer in me. Um, and it was supernatural. Like, I just wanted to do it and I did it. It's not like I have a big following or anything. Like, who's going to see it? Who's going to make fun of it? Yeah. Um, and it's still like that to this day. Like, 
my relationship with content creating and social media is really interesting because I don't like my accounts not professional but it's also not completely personal um at the end of the day I really just want to meet other people that are like in this similar journey to me whether that's spirituality or art or moving abroad whatever it is I just want to meet people that you know could be important to my path yeah no that's that's a great way to look at it because for me it's still kind of uncomfortable getting behind a camera and just talking and yeah it's tough initially too because what are people going to think you know you get so much better at it over time so i'm sure you'll notice that with your podcast as well yeah i feel like the podcast is also nice like you're doing this alone so it's like it is you and just the person but like because i'm doing it with one of my friends and like he's hysterical and kind of like i i'm comfortable around him like me and him have great banter so like i know regardless of who's going to be on like it'll still be a fun conversation to have um but if it was just me alone i think i'd be i mean i do it for my business actually i do like once a month uh, a spotlight on one of the clients um and i talk to them over instagram live and sometimes it is like uncomfortable because i'm not a host (laughs) yeah no it's is there anyone in the space that you watch a lot like podcasters um i've definitely seen quite a bit of joe rogan but no, have you ever heard of Spiritually Sassy? I've heard of it. Never. Never watched, watched it. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's actually, it's not even watching. It's just a podcast on Spotify, but it's by, honestly, his name's, it's definitely Sa is his name. I don't remember his last name. It's like DeSimone or something. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool podcast. He has on all these different kind of spiritual community leaders and all of these different realms. Um and it's a really interesting take on spirituality because um, they go really deep in certain things. But the whole idea is that spirituality is fun. Like you're having a great time. You know, it doesn't need to be like super serious all the time, which when I listen to spirituality podcasts or Buddhist podcasts, I'm sometimes like either falling asleep or it's just above my head. But this is super like down to earth, like just normal people talking about what spirituality means to them and and yeah just mainly those two nice spiritually sassy right yeah i think i mean it's pretty some of it's funny too (laughs) okay yeah spirituality does get uh very serious at times so it's i'm gonna check that out because it it could be a bit much there's always something you could be doing to be more mindful so yeah and definitely some of the episodes hit harder than others like sometimes i'm not feeling the guest or sometimes i'm like the topic's not really great but he has so many episodes and so many cool people I can just definitely send you the ones that I liked a lot but from there I basically like whoever I like that he interviews I I go and follow them on social media and see what they're up to and what they're talking about and I love that very slowly my social media has gone from just like normal kind of everyday people to like content that really motivates me or that I want to see um that's more aligned with my path I guess yeah, it's like a media diet. Like, what are you putting into your mind? Because people get so, they watch political commentary and they're just mad all the time. Like, bro, stop yeah. watching it. Like, what are you watching doing? Yeah. 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 No, it's really interesting. I think definitely for this coming year, like, I'm ready to do a bit of a detox, like, unfollowing a lot of accounts. I've never really done that. Um, but there's definitely content that I see that I'm like, do I even talk to this person? Like, is this, is this necessary? Do I need to be seeing this much every day? Um, so yeah, Yeah, it's like that one person from college, freshman year, you met in the bathroom at a party. Like, why do I still follow them? (laughs) Like we haven't even spoke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do appreciate this. It's, I've learned a lot from you. I'm happy we got to connect, but I want to ask you a couple more questions. uh, wrap up so what is one book that you would recommend to anyone to read to anyone um anyone looking to get started on their growth journey growth journey yeah so i'm gonna give two or maybe even three (laughs) um spiritual growth um i would say the buddha in your mirror I'm going to double check that really quick. Hold on. Yep. 
Buddha in your mirror. Yeah, the Buddha in your mirror. I'm reading it for a second time, but I actually really never. Uh, um, this is a really beginner entry level book to Nichiren Buddhism. Um, and honestly, it just has some like really interesting mind shifting things. Like even if you're not going to practice Buddhism, um, it just helps you see things in a different light. Um, and I would also say a new earth is a huge one. Um, yeah, that I've heard of that one. Yeah. So, yeah. That one's a little bit slower. Like I kind of read that more like a few pages at a time and then digest it for a little bit. Okay. Uh, wow. And then I've read so many good books this year. I'm just trying to think what's over there. How to Change Your Mind is probably a great one if you're in, interested in the realms of psychedelics. How to Change Your Mind. Okay. Yeah. Well, I only asked for one, but three books I appreciate. because Those I'm are all one. great. Like, I don't know. I feel like each book, it really like hits different for what you're trying to, what you're trying to do growth-wise. Um, but spiritual, definitely The Buddha in Your Mirror. Just in general, like really mind-blowing book, A New Earth. Mm -hmm. And then How to Change Your Mind if you're looking for more psychedelic take mm. on your growth respect how to change your mind and then what's one habit that you do or you try to do daily that's really helped you mm -hmm. i'm a huge to do like habit tracker type of person um and it's never perfect uh i would honestly say like my big thing was like, I always made a habit tracker and I was like, I want to do all of these things every day in my morning routine, like meditate, read this, that. And it's like not actually sustainable to do all of that every single morning. Um, so a big change that I've done is I have like four things that I can choose from in the morning, either meditating, reading, chanting, or journaling. Like those are my four things that I could do. And I just in the morning decide, the morning of, like, what do I want to do? How do I want to start my day? And I choose one of those things. Um, and it's much more sustainable. I haven't missed a day in a very long time. That is blowing my mind because I'm big into habit tracking. And I get mad at myself if I don't meditate, exactly. read, journal. So I'm, I like that, the choice. I'm probably going to implement that tomorrow. Yeah, give yourself a choice. And honestly, it's like... I find myself something, if I have time, I'll do two of the things, but I only do one out of the four things. And that's like my, my self-improvement, my self-growth, um, four things. And it's just like, girl, like you only have to do one. You don't have to do all four. That's like an hour worth of things. Yeah, no, it's, it's tough when you're an entrepreneur or just you're trying to achieve, you're trying to be spiritual to get that balance. So the sure. choice is I'm definitely going to copy that because that is good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And then one more question for you. Your big goal for this upcoming <laughs> year. My if there's big... one goal that's above all else, what would that be? Um, for me, it's going to be how to like finding out what it means to combine my spirituality and my art together. Um, because for a long time, I've been like in this spiritual journey and I'm also an artist. I'm also an entrepreneur. And now it's like, okay, I know that I want my art and spirituality. Like, what does that look like together? Um, because I think that's where like the real magic is going to happen and the real people that I want to reach and community that I want to create is going to be in that creative spirituality uh, area. So it's for me, I mean, I don't know what it is, but what at least answering the question, what does creating and uh, what does combining art and spirituality mean? Okay. Yeah, that's that's a good thing to have because I struggle with that is not knowing the answers and feeling like I need to find it right away. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm okay if at the end of the year I tried a few things and they all failed. It's like, okay, at least I know what combining those things doesn't look like. <laughs> like, yeah. now I have a better chance of finding out what it does look like. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. It's like getting a job that you hate, you find out what you don't want to do. That's exactly kind of the path that I took. Yeah, there's so many options, but I really feel like through the community that I've built, that's the most important thing. Um, I'll figure it out. Nice. Sure. Yeah, and I'm going to drop all your socials, but if 
there's anything yeah. that you want to shout out, whether it's your business or TikTok, no, or, you know, what's one thing? Business is like only business to business, so it doesn't really apply to the, the everyday person. But mm-hmm. I would just say my Instagram, if you want to like learn about, you know, my spiritual journey and self-improvement, self-help, all of these different things, and a little bit of my art, a little bit of my traveling. Um, but yeah, it's just Nicole Sun Art. That's my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I'll be sure to drop that. And do you have a YouTube channel or no? I do not have a YouTube channel, no. Okay. Maybe soon with this new podcast, we'll just kind of upload everything. But um, yeah, if you are an artist, happen to be an artist, then also it's called Levitate Podcast. Levitate Podcast. Okay, cool. I can link that as well. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you got to come on. Uh, yeah, excited. Yeah, definitely. Um. If you want to connect soon, if there's anything I can do to help support you in your journey, definitely reach out. Yeah, same here, same here. If you ever come on Birthright, you have a place. We'll show you. We'll show you the ropes around here. If there's one thing I could ask you for is yeah, let me know the company you went through because I need yeah. to be on Form 26. For sure, it's actually I think you can still do it over when you're 26. I think they have programs okay. for like 26 to 30. I think that's the oldest one, but it's called Shoresheen. I'll send you the the actual link um, to the website. It was a pretty good program. Sounds good. Are there any female soldiers in the Israeli army? Of course. What do you mean? Everyone has to serve. I almost had to yep. serve. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I was supposed to go to the army here. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah, it didn't end up happening, but. That's good, I guess. Yeah. In, right. in some ways, yes, and that was a long story. <laughs> nice. Well, hey, once again, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk soon. Of course, yeah. Thank All you right, so cool. much. Yeah, no worries. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye.